kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey, listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider liking or reviewing the show through whatever app you're using to listen right now. That helps others discover this podcast, and that helps make sure this show is reaching the ears that need to hear it most. Thanks. Hello there, and welcome back to 1.5, a kids' podcast about climate justice. I'm Zanaji Artis. And I'm Olivia Greenspan. And we believe that kids like you deserve a livable planet. In our show, we explore the challenges facing our planet with scientists, youth activists, and other environmental leaders who've experienced the realities of the climate crisis firsthand. If you can believe it, today is the 12th and final episode of season one of 1.5. And thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Yes, thank you for being on this journey with us. And what a season it's been. We will share some closing thoughts with you at the end of the show. But for now, we are just so excited because we're taking a different approach to this closing episode. And if I do say so myself, it is such a treat. Such a treat. Yes. And in today's episode, you'll hear from eight different guests, ages eight years to 60 years old, sharing what they hope their neighborhood will look like in the year 2050 and what climate solutions they're most excited about to help us get there. Yes, some voices you will recognize from past episodes and some voices are new. We heard from listeners across the United States about their vision for the future and what they see happening today to help get us there, as well as what role they hope to play in the future. Thank you to all who contributed. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we did. So to start, it's time to hear from a few of our past guests who have shared their expertise this season on 1.5. We asked guests to respond to the following prompt. What climate solutions of the present are you most excited about? And how will those solutions change how your neighborhood looks, sounds, smells, and feels in 2050? Let's take a listen. Hi, my name is Dr. Heather Price. I live in Seattle on Duwamish tribal lands. I'm most excited about electrification and decarbonization. I love to think about what the world is going to look like, sound like, and smell like in 2050. As we electrify transportation, my kid's school bus isn't going to stink anymore or bring on asthma attacks. When I'm walking in my neighborhood, I think about how the air will smell better and it will be safer to breathe. Homes are going to retire toxic methane, so-called natural gas, stoves, and there will be fewer kids with asthma. We know that children living in homes with gas stoves have significantly higher rates of asthma. So as we electrify everything and decarbonize our world, it's going to be healthier and safer for us and for our families. Hi, my name is Jake Spotted Wolf. I am of the three affiliated tribes, that's Sanish, Mandan, and Hidatsu, out of North Dakota from the Fort Berthold Reservation. 
I'm currently on occupied Duwamish territory, or so-called Seattle, Washington, in the Pacific Northwestern part of Turtle Island, or the so-called United States. Hawaii has now instituted the practice of replacing a lot of the white board members that were not local to Hawaii and instead replacing them with natives who had a strong knowledge of the land and of cultures and traditions. And in that, what they're doing is instituting, uh, say, permits uh, that you have to buy to go to uh, local hiking trails. And that reduces, you know, the footprint of people that are coming into the parks from, you know, say 3,000 a day down to like 75. And the impact that will have on the local ecology, um, on, you know, the birds that nest there, that feel safe enough to nest there because they don't see all this traffic from human beings and therefore, you know, fear that their eggs could get stolen. And that will impact their climate long-term because they are focused on making sure that the ecology thrives and making sure, you know, that people are wearing uh, reef-safe sunscreen, You know, that ensures that the underwater ecology thrives and is um, protected and cared for. And that they're, you know, asking for a fee when you come to the island that goes back into the environment fund. When you you fly in as a tourist, they'll be able to um, take care of their parks with that revenue, take care of the local environment, which will... In the long run, when you see fewer people impacting a space because there are more regulations put into place, um, you'll see the ecology start to thrive and the environment picks up on that. And therefore, the climate does respond to that. And I think that that's an important discussion right now, you know, uh, letting the world know that there are people that know how to steward their land and how that positively impacts climate is a really important discussion. Hi, my name is David Montgomery, and I live in Seattle, Washington. Um, The climate solutions of the present I'm most excited about now are electric cars and the potential to build up soil carbon. Um, What will that do in terms of my own neighborhood? Well, and other people's neighborhoods and our global neighborhood, it could mean more healthy trees and flowers and vegetation in our lives and less exhaust. I'm happy about all of that. You know, I loved how Dr. Price mentioned that her kid's school bus isn't going to stink or bring on asthma attacks. It echoed what Dr. Price mentioned in our interview with her on episode three. She mentioned that her vision for a climate just future meant actually hundreds of more people per day simply living from not burning gasoline and coal and diesel and oil in our homes. And I also really appreciated Jake, who we spoke with on episode nine, highlighting structural changes like Hawaii starting to replace white board members not local to the land with natives who have strong local knowledge, both of the land, but also of local culture and traditions. And of course, Dr. Montgomery wouldn't be Dr. Montgomery if he didn't mention building up soil carbon, which he explained in episode 11 as a great and totally underappreciated solution to the climate crisis. I really can't recommend learning about soil carbon enough. Absolutely. From Jake, I loved hearing about the inclusion of Indigenous peoples in government and decisions about ecology and our environment in a way that actually supports Indigenous sovereignty and promotes climate justice. And seeing this in action in Hawaii 
is solidarity in practice. And it's something that I hope can be spread elsewhere in other governments nationally uh, or in around the world, because this is something that we need to see so much more of. And for Dr. Montgomery, also super excited to, to see electric cars on our streets. Have you ever driven an electric car? Oh my God, it is like nothing you've ever experienced. It goes so quickly and it's so quiet. It's like driving a spaceship. Wild, truly. And honestly, I'm even more excited about the potential for high-speed rail and public transit. To think that we could get places anywhere in the country with no emissions so fast, faster than we've ever traveled in cars, is I think another really exciting possibility. And these are all very exciting solutions and visions for 2050 from some of our guests from this season. And we'll hear more audio this time from listeners ages 8 to 17, right after this quick break. Hey, grownups. With over a hundred different titles in our Kids Book About series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you it's very, very evident, right? Because... I like to say, your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of A Kid's Book About Belonging. Check out our Kevin Talks About Belonging episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life. And when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. Welcome back to 1.5, a kids podcast about climate justice. It's time to hear from listeners about what they hope their neighborhood will look, smell, feel, and sound like in the year 2050, and how they'll help contribute to making that happen. Yes, now we are going to hear from some amazing kids about their own perspective. We asked these guests to respond to the following three questions. Number one, what do you hope your neighborhood will look, sound, smell, and feel like in 2050? Two, what actions need to happen today in order to accomplish this? And three, what role do you think you'll play in making this happen? Let's take a listen to what these kids hope their neighborhood will look, sound, smell, and feel like in 2050. My name is Sophie. I am eight years old and in the year 2050... I will be 37 years old. I live in Rhode Island. I want my neighborhood to look like a beautiful place where everybody can feel safe. I want it to smell good. In the summer, I want it to smell like flowers. In the spring, I want it to smell like happiness. In the fall, I want it to smell like gorgeous leaves falling off the branches. In winter, I want it to smell like snow falling. Is there anything you don't want it to smell like? I don't really want my neighborhood to smell like car pollution, truck pollution, 
I don't want it to smell like people being mean. I don't want to see that or smell that. It's like hard to bring that into your brain and remember that. We need to plant more trees. We need to use electric cars. We need to instead of throw your trash on the garbage in on the ground, you want to put it in the trash can or the recycling. If you have paper, put it in the recycling for the paper. If you have a plastic bag, put it in the trash. My name is Lauren, and I am nine years old. And in 2050, I will be 37 years old. I live in Wisconsin. For the first question, um, I hope my neighborhood would look like there would be more trees and solar panels, and the air would would smell cleaner than ever. And the way to achieve that is by having planting more trees, adding more solar panels, and using less energy. Hi. My name is Annabelle. I am 10 years old, and in the year 2050, I will be 38 years old. I live in Wisconsin. In 2050, I hope my neighborhood will look clean. No trash in the streets, more people walking or biking rather than driving, more plants and gardens, and more animals. I hope I hear dogs barking, birds chirping, bees buzzing, and people laughing. I hope I smell flowers and other plants. I hope it will feel peaceful and calm in my neighborhood. The actions we need to start now that will make this happen is not littering, recycling, stuff like paper or cardboard, planting more trees, flowers, and other plants. Also, you can try eating less beef. Cows burp out something called methane. This will go into the atmosphere and create something almost like a greenhouse covering Earth. The heat inside the atmosphere will stay trapped inside and it will build up. That is one thing that causes global warming. But if we eat less beef, there will be less of a need for cows. My name is Nathan. I'm 11 years old and in the year 2050, I will be 40 years old. I live in Maryland. I hope that my neighborhood would look like, would look clean. And it wouldn't be polluted and it would have a lot of trees and grass. Basically what it looks like now, but futuristic. Today we need to stop pollution and carpool and all the stuff that um, are, stop doing the stuff that are increasing climate change. My family and I, we have made many measures against polluting. Like we take the bus to school, for instance, and we compost and we use less plastic things. That kind of stuff. And we recycle. Hi, my name is Sam. Um, I'm from Maryland. Um, I'm 17 years old now. And in 2050, I'll be um, 45 years old. So I hope Maryland will stay the same in terms of look. Um, Though I'm sure that's kind of like inevitable considering how close we live to D.C. and how like things like new infrastructure is constantly being added, like regard to sound. Also, I hope it stays the same. I already live like near like a busy-ish town. Um, there's a lot of trains and like cars, so I don't think I could handle more sound. Like it already drives me nuts. Um, so I hope it'll stay where it's at. Like I don't need more sound. Maybe less sound if possible. Um, I hope it'll feel the same. This question, 
I'm going to answer it like it's in terms of like weather and like climate and stuff, but I hope it will feel the same again. Um, I like having four seasons, um, but with climate change, I don't know if that's going to happen. Actions needed are definitely politicians stepping in, especially like smaller level things, like smaller level politicians. Um, I think starting small and then moving our way up to like national government is probably the most efficient way, especially since like national government does neglect like a lot of problems, in my opinion. Now let's hear our guests' responses to the prompt. What role do you think you'll play in making this future happen? Well, my dream since I was seven years old was to be a koala doctor. And I feel like it would play a good role because we're really harming not just our earth, but the animals that live in it. I feel like we're, we should be saying sorry to them right here and there. As we are making the mistakes and we should be fixing our mistakes as these mistakes are big ones. Our pollution is too much. Our water is too much. These squirrels, our fish, and also we kill these animals too. Like we kill our fish just to have fish for us to eat when we should be helping them get food. And it really is important that everybody has enough in this world as we are not the only thing, person, or animal on this planet. So we really need to share, not conquer. And for the last question, I said, I will always try to save all the animals I can and do all I can to save her. And in the future, I want to go to Australia and save animals there. I am contributing to this by recycling, and I also walk to and from school every single day. Another thing I do is pick up trash at my school playground. In the future, I will continue doing this and also sign up to volunteer to do local cleanups. And remember... Doing some of these little things can make a big difference. If I get my dream job of being a mechanical engineer, I'll try to get my company and my boss to make products that are more environmentally friendly. What role I will play? I don't know. I'm going to college next year. I want to study um, political science and then hopefully go to law school. I would like to run for delegate um, um, in my district in Maryland. Um, but we'll see at 45 if I do that. Um, but if I do, climate injustice will definitely be on my agenda because I feel very passionately about it. So there's so much in these responses as well. I love how Sophie said that she wants it to smell like happiness in the summer and doesn't want it to smell like being mean, people being mean. And that is so incredible because I think it picks up on something we've been talking about this season, which that means no environmental racism. It means no people having to experience pollution just because of where they live, because of how much money they have about their identities. And, and that's huge. And so not smelling like people being mean also means no environmental racism. 
And from Lauren, loved hearing about trees and solar panels and clean air because clean air is a right. And we, of course, will be fighting with you all along the way for those rights. There's no reason why in the richest country in the world here in the United States, we continue to get the bare minimum from our leaders. Clean air and clean water are human rights and you deserve to have those respected. And from Annabelle, save the bees. Yes, we have to save the bees. We have to preserve biodiversity. And biodiversity is essentially helping the variety of life on our planet thrive. And Annabelle also mentioned eating less beef and again, picking up on this idea of more plant-based diets. And so I think something that is highlighted here is that seemingly small actions done together can make a big difference. And that's how movements are made. There really was a lot in there and a, and a wide variety. And it speaks to how much kids know. Um, you know, these were kids ages 8 to 17. And we really don't give kids enough credit for how much they understand about the climate crisis and also the the value of their vision for the future. If any of you listeners want to share responses to the prompts today, no matter your age, we'll share an email at the end and we'd love to hear your thoughts. And with that, that's a wrap on today's episode and season one of 1.5. Thanks so much for being on this journey with us. Uh, you can't see me with my hands over my face because I'm emotional. It's been so amazing to work on this show with you, Zanaji. Likewise, it has been such a joy. And it's so great to reflect on what we've accomplished this season. Absolutely. There is always so much more to learn about what climate change is and how it affects all of us differently. Yes. Thanks again to our guests for contributing to this episode and listeners to you for being here for this whole journey. Well, Zanaji, don't think I wasn't going to let you get away with not answering our prompt. (laughs) What climate solutions of the present are you most excited about and how will those solutions change how your neighborhood looks, sounds, smells, and feels in 2050? I'm excited for millions of people to have access to nature, to our national parks here in the U.S. and so many other places in the country through high-speed rail that runs on electricity. And I'm excited to power our homes and our workplaces with renewable energy. I want to see wind turbines and solar panels in our landscapes. And most of all, I'm excited to work on passing laws that eliminate environmental racism and finally defend the rights of indigenous peoples. Because for hundreds of years, the environments that people of color live in have been waste sites and dumping grounds for pollution. And that has not changed today. Climate justice means ending all pipelines. It means transitioning coal energy to renewable carbon dioxide emission-free energy. It means restoring biodiversity. Climate justice also means creating an entire global system of living based on sustainability and sharing our environment with other life on Earth. And so what does that new world look, sound, smell, and feel like in 2050? It looks like every kid on the planet being able to play outside and breathe fresh air and have access to clean water. It is a world where the smell of exhaust from trucks and power plants is a distant memory. It is a sustainable world that allows us to continue preserving our planet for generations of people to live on planet Earth after us. So that is my vision. And what about you, Olivia? (laughs) Wow, such a beautiful response. And as for the question, climate solutions, I'm excited to touch my life personally. 
Um, right now, I live and work in Manhattan, and I am most excited about buildings being decarbonized because right now, over 70% of New York's greenhouse gas emissions actually come from buildings. 70%. Um, that's according to the Mayor's Office of Sustainability. Uh, things like decarbonized buildings and, of course, electric cars will not only prevent even more climate change, but they will also make the air in New York so much cleaner to breathe, especially in the most dense and underserved communities. When I was going to school in the Bronx, I had a friend, Natalie, such a cool friend, and she walked around with an air quality monitor and she saw for herself how even the air on our campus, which had a lot of vegetation and not as many cars, the air on our campus was so much cleaner just compared to a few blocks off campus. And that's simply unacceptable. So all of this to say in the future, I hope my neighborhood smells like clean air and vegetation. I hope it sounds like people having conversations with friends and kids playing. I hope I see trees and electric buses and safer bike lanes. And I hope I feel safe, healthy, and supported but most of all, I hope that I can trust that my fellow global citizens can say the same. Like our very wise friend Sophie said, We are not the only thing, person, or animal on this planet. So we really need to share, not conquer. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today and throughout this season of 1.5. And thanks again from the bottom of our hearts to all of our guests, Dr. Price, Jake, Dr. Montgomery, Sophie, Lauren, Annabelle, Nathan, and Sam for sharing their visions of their future neighborhood with us and what it will take for us to get there. 1.5 is written by me, Olivia Greenspan. And me, Sanaji Artis. Our show is edited and produced by Kat Petru with help from Matthew Winner and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show was brought to you by Kids Podcast About. This show is inspired by our book, a kid's book about climate change and the millions of young people around the world fighting for our right to a livable future. You can write to us at listen at a kidspodcastabout.com and check out other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co., and I also host A Kids Book About the podcast, and worth noting, I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.